0: Hello everybody and welcome back after a three-week hiatus to the Line of Vienna Street podcast for episode 147. My name is Tom Jenkins and I'm joined by James Jarvis and Ed Skelly, my very own Dynamic Geo. It's a pleasure to speak to you gents, especially given the, dare I say, positive aura around Bolton Wanderers at the moment. It's, it's hard to recall a time in recent memory where there's been so much um, excitement going into a pre-season, as there is at the moment. And on the show today we'll be discussing the signings and renewals that Ian Ebert has made during his first three weeks at the club. I'll start with the first one that was announced and it seems like a long time ago now, given how many people we've now brought in. But it was a big one and that was the renewal of Ali Crawford on a two-year deal. Eddie, I'll start with you. How much of a statement of intent was this signing?
1: Oh, A huge one, yeah. I think uh, for a lot of fans, he was the, the one player that we wanted to keep most of all. Um, from what we saw of him last season, uh, before he got that horrible injury against the City's the 23s he was obviously fantastic on the ball and probably our most creative player uh, in the few games that we saw him. So, to, to get him back is a, certainly a statement of intent. And, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously far better than uh, League Two. So, to have him on a two year deal as well is, uh, is fantastic.
0: Based on who we've brought in since then, Ed, do you think that the Crawford renewal would have convinced quite a few of them that we meant business and therefore we'd be a good option for them?
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. I think um, bringing Everett in and his philosophy and his style and having a player like Crawford who is that dynamic. Um, Attacking kind of midfielder. Obviously, you want to kind of play with a player like that. And uh, the players that we brought in so far kind of compliment him. And it'll be interesting to see where everyone fits in and, um, you know, and how to get on on the training ground over the next eight weeks.
0: Yeah. It seems, James, based on sort of the rumours that we've been hearing about our squad from last year and the way that Ebert has sort of gone about his business since, that Crawford may well be the only one from last season who renews his contract. Does that disappoint you at all?
2: Not at all. It surprises me with maybe one or two players. Like I thought, Josh Emmanuel would be a certainty, especially given his penchant for playing three at the back. I thought Emmanuel would make a perfect win back, but he doesn't seem to be going down that route. Crawford wasn't absolute must, regardless, because even even if we play the kind of football that we played last year, you need some kind of creative presence in that team, and he was vital to that kind of that kind of style. But and to have him now. Preparing to play for a team that's going to be playing that possession-based style of football, that passing thing that earned Ian ever and his Barrow team, the Barrow salona the Barrow salona Monica, it 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 was like you, like you say, you can't put it better. It's a real statement of intent and just kind of a warning to the rest of League Two that we're not <laughs> we're coming into this season seriously and we're not we don't plan to stay here for long.
0: No, definitely not do you think though even though he does fit in in general play to that Barcelona kind of moniker that that was given to Evert's side also given the fact we seem to be going down the route to playing three at the back therefore with what you presume to be three big centre halves in every side each week having his ability to whip in across from corners and free kicks could add extra goals from set pieces as well
2: uh, yeah possibly that's another idea unless Evert's the type to play short corners I'm not entirely sure but we'll see but but having that kind of set-piece ability will, will be vital. And uh, we saw in certain matches as well how he doesn't give the ball away easily, um, even when under pressure. So, oh, crap, I've lost I my train of four. But either way, it's just a joy to have Ali Crawford back, especially considering he was probably our player of the year last year when he was fit.
0: Absolutely. it was It was very obvious to see the drop-off there were two distinct drop-offs, I think, in League One last season, and that was A, after his injury um, against Manchester City's under-23s, and then also when we lost Thibaut Verlinden, who I think, without those two players in the side, the slightly more attacking brand of football that Keith Hill was trying to instil just completely stopped dead. So I think having a person like Crawford there consistently keeps the ball moving, really does fit in with Ebert's plans. But given that he was the second renewal, obviously we, we discussed Ronan Darcy coming back in previously on a, on another podcast, those two might seem like they're in direct competition for a place, Eddie. And if only one of them can fit into the team, which one do you go with?
1: That's a tough one, that not it? Um, do you go with a more experienced header? Do you go with someone with bags of potential like Darcy? I think you'd probably see Everett going for Crawford, um, who's got the seniority and um, got that more experience and probably more a-, a rounded player at this time. And Darcy could probably be a, a fantastic impact, sub, so, but I've no doubt... It could switch and change them up and they'd both fit into his style and uh, be comfortable both in the starting 11 but it'd be interesting to see because he played a 3-5-2 I think at Barrow um, mm. whether or not um, he goes with one because we have got so many creative midfielders whether he, he has just Doyle up front and maybe Darcy and Crawford and wherever politic can fit in uh, around him Uh, But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I think uh, if it's just between the two of them, if if you can only fit one, then I think it'd probably be Crawford.
0: James, do you think that um, with Darcy, given that he didn't really impress as much as Crawford did um, last season, especially when he was put out wide, I thought Darcy showed a little bit of lightweight, which obviously is not necessarily his fault considering his age. Do you think that means that he could get shunted out wide to accommodate Crawford? Or do you reckon that it'd be better just to have him as an impact sub to then put him on in his correct position rather than put him out somewhere he might not be comfortable?
2: It, it's a tough call, that one. I don't think you should uh, change formations just to accommodate Darcy. because while he's certainly someone with a lot of potential, um, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily have to be starting, especially given the calibre of players and the type of um, personnel that Everett wants to bring in. If anything, him being in direct competition with Crawford is good for two reasons. One, it's going to push Dicey to... Try and become even better because you have to try and shunt out this experienced, creative, dynamic person, especially at League 2 level out of the team if you want to get your place. But two, he also has um, Ali Crawford to learn off so he can grow and mould into that type of player and and he can, he'll can he be able to see and experience what it would be like right in the centre, how not to give the ball away, how to take set pieces, how to be able to dri- dribble past the opposition and... Um, Well, centre and create chances. it It's probably for the best that they're in direct competition with each other rather than Darcy being a square peg in a round hole, being shut out wide. Because I don't think he's, every, every time I see him play there, I don't think he's entirely looked comfortable out there myself.
0: No, I think maybe there's possibly a worry that Darcy was given assurances that he was going to be a regular in the team this coming year uh, given that he signed on before Crawford so maybe maybe that was a big um, reason for him signing on because i think we must have been in competition with a lot of clubs to get him on a on a two year contract but certainly well, i think they're, they're there to learn off each other more so than anything else
2: well well there was also the the thing the the rumors saying that we've been at, we were after Everett for weeks before we finally announced him so maybe when we were convinced that we were finally going to get Everett and in as manager maybe that was mentioned to Darcy and Obviously, with the barcelona and Monaco, if he's any, if if he's ever seen anything of the um on podcast or just heard any rumors along that road, it'd be perfect for a player like him to learn off Everett's style and and real and really in really we might get a lot more out of him even if he plays less under that kind of style. So maybe that's what's tempted him.
0: I think it's been clear from the interviews that we've seen with the players who've come in that the manager and the style of football that he is absolutely dead set on playing was a big factor in convincing them to join the club even more so than just the fact that we are massive Um, (laughs) but the other player sorry the biggest possible statement that we've seen um, being brought in is Owen Doyle of course who maybe joined the club for more sort of family reasons than anything else but Eddie we don't care one bit if he can score the number of goals that he did at Swindon last year
1: Oh no! Absolutely not. I mean, what a fantastic player! I remember um, was discussing in a line of in the group chat uh, maybe a month or so, or a couple of months back, um, uh, whether on, you know we needed a striker because we've not had one for so long who, who's actually scored a hell of a lot of goals, and to get League Two's top goal scorer last season, who you know, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, we would have taken Ian Henderson. You know, <laughs> I, I remember this. I still um, would. Did, yeah, it, but. Uh, It was either, you know, they're they're probably the two big draws, aren't they, in terms of three strikers out there at the minute. And To get Doyle is just absolutely unbelievable, And considering the fact that he apparently turned down Sunderland and Ipswich as well, which, I mean, was probably in our favour because we're in the North West. But to get him on a three-year deal, which I know a couple of people have complained about, but you saw it at Barrow when they signed Scott Quigley uh, last season on a three-year deal. They didn't have the money to offer him a huge wage. So they offered him the security of a three-year contract. And obviously, mm. we've got this uh, embargo, so our salary cap is hindered anyway. So we had to offer him a contract for more security. And I've noticed that there's promotion bonuses and other things like that. But it's just, it's kind of laughable that a lot of people think we're buying the league because he, he signed a three-year contract. And in reality, he's probably on less money than any other team offered. But because we offered him that security and because we're in the northwest. It's just brilliant that we've signed him and I'm hoping uh, under Ian Everett's style that he's going to
0: replicate what he did last season. Does it worry you at all that, given a lot of the other players who come in, have seemed to be championing the fact that it's Bolton and they view it as a huge step up for them? Does it worry you at all that Doyle seems to be motivated just because of our location?
1: Not at all. No, um, if he, you know, it seems like he turned out other teams because of their style of play, and it seems that he wants to play. Ever brand of football like uh, Richie Ellen's played an exciting brand of football at Swindon last season mm-hmm. and you saw when he was at Bradford under Gary Boyer it didn't exactly work and if you if you had to believe Alan Nixon that was the whole reason why um, Gary Boyer didn't become our manager or we didn't pursue Gary Boyer any further <laughs> because because of Owen Doyle which is, is kind of laughable in itself but I think Doyle would more
0: important I could see that being a factor in the decision if you bring in Everett and you get Doyle as part of the parcel then why not? Yeah
1: yeah, I mean, possibly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's really concerning that he's he's chosen us for a locality, to be honest. If he buys into the brand of football, which in his interview he seems to have, and, you know, if he. Thrives and scores. I don't really care what his reasons are for joining us. If if yeah, any, de- if, if, if sorry,
2: sorry as well. Say, if anything, if the more settled he is, the the better he's likely to play as well. You, you, you exactly. See, yeah. See, yeah, you see that often with players. The more settled they are in an area, the the better that you do. We saw it with Wheater, He was settled in Bolton, and then when he re-signed for the League One season, he he had his best ever yeah. season. Sometimes yeah. factors like that are important to a footballer's mentality to be able to play well.
0: Yeah, the, the line of questioning comes because I remember. Um, Obviously, when we had Joanne Almander, he was just appalling for the first two years. And then that third year where he suddenly was concerned about, Christ, where's my contract going to come from? He suddenly decided to show up. And if you look back through Dole's career, there seems to be a little bit of an element of when he's playing for a contract, he really does well. And when he's settled and and sort of has a a bit of security, he drops off a little bit. I mean, I might be reading too much into it, but I'm just... uh, Whereas all the others have come through and said, I love being at Bolton, I can't believe I'm playing for Bolton, how lucky am I? It did seem like he was a little bit sort of you know, nonplussed by the whole thing in, in one of those interviews, but I might be reading too much into it.
2: Well, well this is a guy who's played at, unlike some of our own signings. he's played at championship level and stuff like that, so I don't think there's any need for him to be overwhelmed by the by the club, to be honest, but I, it doesn't matter to me, as long as he's playing well, who really cares? <laughs>
0: No, absolutely. I th- I'm going to put it to you, James. Although I should probably be putting it to Eddie, given it's the thing that he goes on about every single summer when we sign a striker. Will he finally be the person to break the 12th goal mark?
2: I can only see him not doing it if he if he was injured for most of the season. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money down on that. He will. He'll probably get 20 plus.
0: Eddie, do you think 20 plus is realistic? It would be amazing to have a striker to break that mar- milestone.
1: I mean, if we were any other club, I'd say definitely. But this is Bolton Wanderers. We've, <laughs> we've, we, we've not had anyone score more, As you said, we've not had anyone score more than twelve since 2002. Um, since Michael Ricketts dropped off after his England cap, and you go back, you go back a season prior to that to anyone who scored more than twenty. So I'd be absolutely thrilled if someone got thirteen goals. I think that's the that'd be absolutely incredible because we've not seen that in two decades. These people who you know we're at university right now, we've never seen a player score more, more than twelve goals for Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> So, yeah, that,
0: that'll be yeah. me. Um, me. <laughs> it's been tough, that. But no, so, I think yeah, I um, mean... it'd be nice for a hat trick, though, as well, wouldn't it, really?
1: Oh d- Yeah, d- just to get it away from Josh McGinnis, because that's one record that kind of is a stain in our club at the minute.
2: Just to yeah, move it's... on from that, I'm so glad that Josh McGinnis got relegated from Hull. <laughs> Screw you, Josh McGinnis, you rat. <laughs>
0: I was ho- I was hoping this might come up. I just want to offer my commiserations to to Wigan Athletic and to Nottingham Forest. My sincere commiserations. Unlucky. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, but back to Doyle. I think obviously you look at the number of goals that were scored, and it's just you know ridiculous numbers that he managed to rack up for, for Swindon last season. If we're offering a three year contract, and as you say, Eddie, you know as Barrow did with Quigley, it was just the security that got him there. Does does it worry you? We might have paid over the odds for, for someone whose stock was really really high, or do you not think we're even capable of doing that?
1: I don't think we're capable of doing that. I think everyone's under the assumption that we're buying the league, and you know we're we're a stain on English football, and you know we need to be punished. And but in reality, we we, we can't offer big wages. And uh, Richie Wellens is throwing his toys out of the pram, and that, what he said was absolutely pathetic. Like. Um, that he got relegated so they all oh, they didn't want him and oh no he would have loved to have had um, Owen Doyle back in that team in League 1 the same with Jerry Yates as well he's probably bitter about that, that he, he would have loved the
2: Bolton that. job if we offered it him yeah, oh,
0: absolutely I yeah but, yeah, I don't I don't, the, the, I, the whole yeah. thing was just very petty wasn't it that was the thing and it, and it made me think less of Richard Wellens as I said to you before we started recording I, I rate him as a manager and as a bloke when I've ever heard him interviewed but jealousy's it, it, not a good colour on him no it is not no, no it is not. Um are we worried about the length of the deal James? Do you worry about a 3-year deal for a 32-year-old?
2: I mean, it might not be ideal but again, as long as if he keeps scoring regularly for those 3 seasons, I'm not bothered if anything, it'll be a masterstroke.
0: No, neither. I, I also think, and we discussed this previously um, in, in the line of Vienna chat, that it kind of gives us, if he does go and score 25 goals again this season, if someone from abroad, maybe America or whatever, wants to take him off our hands for a reasonable amount of money, we've got that security to be able to sort of protect ourselves, which I think it, it is a benefit. But, you know, at 33, this is probably his last big contract. So I just hope and pray that he doesn't. he's not one of those mercenaries who we've seen so often at Bolton over the last few years. Yeah, if I may that's add, a, if
2: I may add a final point: um, a three-year deal for for the kind of player that Owen Doyle, especially given that he's going to be so integral
0: to Everett's style,
2: maybe Everett is at least going to be around for three years as Bolton manager.
0: So, well, that's that's the length of his contract, isn't it? If if, I'm, if memory serves, Eddie oh, yeah, on. that's
2: the length of his contract as well. But at the yeah. same time, ta- at the same time, you know, um, it shows He could get poached. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could get poached, and it shows that they have faith in him to carry on carry on the job as well and the, the two seems to be intertwined so it's all good <laughs> uh,
0: Absolutely and continuing with the theme of huge statements not only we bought the best striker in League 2 we probably bought the best midfielder in League 2 as well with Anthony Sarchevich who frankly I think I'm probably more excited about this one than I am about Doyle I, for something about him I've always had him in the back of my mind thinking he'd make for a good Bolton player and it's it's good James to finally see him in a Bolton shirt where he seems to be very very happy
2: <laughs> Well you saw him raving about us on on the podcast he's done since he signed and it, it's you can tell there's a real genuine enthusiasm to play there he's a north-west lad himself born in uh, Manchester I believe so
0: God he's about, he's about as Manchester as Oasis that <laughs> kid
2: <laughs> exactly exactly you couldn't it, if if you really couldn't put it too much more local than that, and uh, and especially given that I don't I don't believe he's played high has he played higher than League Two in his career? I don't remember. Yeah, he's,
0: he was in League One for a couple of years when he was at um, when w- with Plymouth before they got relegated, I think. And who did he play for in the intervening period, Eddie? It was Fleetwood, then someone, and then uh, uh, Shrewsbury for six months. That was the one. Yeah. So, think- so so he, so he, he's he's played at a higher level than this, but I think he's he's proven. Whenever he's played here, he's scored something like over ten goals in each season he's played at this level, or something. So, well, there's
2: that. Well, there's that. But at the same time, um, we are the biggest club that he has played for, just in terms of in in terms of everything, history, facilities, and whatnot. I, just, just the fact that we're local is the cherry on top. This might, I don't want to discredit the lad, but this might be the biggest club he ever plays for. So I can't blame him for his enthusiasm.
0: I think they said on the. Um whatever it's called is it the uh... oh god I Had Trials once podcast Ed that that he was saying um, this might be the last big contract that he gets even at 28 but there was just a sheer enthusiasm even though he signed a two year deal to continue after that and be here for as long as humanly possible with that kind of enthusiasm and the experience at this level would you say he'd be a possible captain?
1: Uh, 100% yeah Um, he, he just seems absolutely delighted to be here I don't think I've Heard a, a player before he's even kicked the ball, uh, say, fucking hell, I play for Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> it's <laughs> mad, isn't it? It's, mad. It's, it's It's incredible. And it's it's just so great to have a player who's so enthusiastic about joining the club. And as soon as he heard that we were interested, and even though there was other teams on the table, we probably offered similar deals. As soon as he heard we were interested, it, it, it was a no-brainer. We were the only choice for him, which is brilliant. And it's the kind of people you want to bring into the team, like you've seen with... The other signings we've made, and I think he's another one that we discussed in the the group chat ages ago that we thought would be a cert to go to Salford, and we thought a lot of these players that we're getting in would be going to Salford because they possibly have the you know more funds to offer bigger wages. So to get a player like him in, who was absolutely tremendous for Plymouth last season, who's so enthusiastic about playing for our club, and you can see that he's a real fighter on the pitch, he's a real leader, so he probably will. Be a, a high up on the list for candidates for captain this season.
0: Yeah, we've, we've nicked Doyle off Salford, we've Nick Sarcevic off Salford, and they've nicked Lowe off us, so uh, I think we win on all three counts there.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's great, it's, it's absolutely brilliant to get Sarcevic. He's the kind of box to box midfielder we've been crying out for for absolutely ages. The closest player we had last season was Luke Murphy. We, know what, we all know what Luke Murphy was, so it's not rubbish. Exactly. Exactly. You couldn't put it any better. <laughs> but you look at Sajid so- Sissit from last season. He's, he had ten goals. I think he had the highest tackles and the highest mo- amount of miles covered at Plymouth. So it shows that he is a hard worker. He is a grafter, and he's not afraid to get down dirty if he ha- if he has to do it.
0: That's the thing. It's always nice to have a midfielder who not you can't. You don't just say always a grafter. He works hard, but also has that little bit of quality about him to so be able to pick a pass or take a long shot and score. And I, I think you know if you can bank on even eight goals from midfield this season, you know that's gold dust if you're trying to get promoted because it's just coming from a position where you don't really expect it to happen. So certainly, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he should definitely be captain. I'm not saying that, that there aren't other people in there who could do it as well, but you know it's the, he's got the attitude I think if he can transmit it to other players onto the pitch that it would really benefit us this season certainly
2: oh he, oh he does seem to suit the mold and especially if we partner him along alongside another signing that we'll talk about later <laughs> um, then then he'll just have the freedom to 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 be whatever he, he has to be on the pitch um, under under ever style he looks like he will have complete freedom to to score goals set goals up and also Knock anyone to the ground if he has to,
0: and absolutely,
2: and you can't you can't ask for much more in a captain if he has indeed made it.
0: Yeah I I I said obviously something a little bit disparaging about Jason Lowe earlier but I, I do wish that wish the bloke well he's clearly a nice bloke but I just think having as as I said earlier someone like Sarcevic who can do a bit more with the, with the ball rather than just kick people up in the air like which is basically all all Lowe is good for it, it's quite refreshing to have you know get you a midfielder that can do both isn't it um mm-hmm. speaking of which though get you a centre half that can do both because we've also signed George Taft the person who's well known in my area uh Bit of a bit of a ladies' man in the Leicester area is our George Taft, um, but he seems, from the video footage that we've seen of him, James, a pretty cultured centre half, even though he's a big lad at six foot four.
2: It it's surprising to see a guy that big doing doing dribbles and actually beating players, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. it that might just be the quality of league two, though.
2: Uh, uh, well, perhaps, but I don't want to <laughs> take that away from him. <laughs> it, <laughs> we'll uh, see, mate. Uh, yeah, he's very much the modern centre half. So God knows what he's doing in League Two, but I'm not I'm not going to complain. He seems like a very exi- exciting player. Um, I saw for I'd, I'd be lying if I said I'd heard of him before we signed him, but after doing some research on him um, about and by that I mean watching his highlight package that he posted on his Twitter, I'm 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 quite.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> like come get me, please. The I did or something like that, if you remember. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but 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 back to but back to Taft. Yeah, he, he didn't seem to be afraid of making a, making a tackle either. Which thank God because we've had, we've had too many tackle shy defenders in recent times for some reason. And given his yeah. height, he should he should be good in the air as well. So he, we seem to have found an all rounder out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, Eddie, Eddie. It seems as though the ship has sailed on Johan Zuma, and obviously you can't replace the raw pace that um, that Zuma had. But given that Taft seems to be one of those more cavalier defenders, does it? are you sort of happy with the trade-off that we've made?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think um, Taft's probably the player that we thought Zuba would evolve into be in a couple of years. Um, so it's probably less of a gamble to have someone who's got all that experience in League Two, been promoted from League Two before and looks, looks so comfortable on the ball and isn't afraid of, as James says, putting a tackle in and having a dribble out. And if Everett's going to be playing a back for it, well, is going to be playing a back three, so to have him on the left or in the center and be so comfortable on the ball is a plus. I think, uh, the position we're in, and you know, the obviously the aim is to get out of the league two at the, uh, the first time of asking. So to have a player like Taft who's similar to Zuma but uh more composed and all rounded, I think it's less of a gamble. And uh, at this stage, we probably killed Keep Zuma, even though he's the fans' favourite, even though he's got that fantastic pace and he can pull off an incredible tackle. I think it's just too much of a gamble in the position we're in to hope that he evolves into the player that Taft is. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's probably better that we've got Taft in. and I think it's a shame to see Zuma go, but um, to get someone in like Taft, I think uh, it's probably better.
0: I think if given that it's obvious that we're going to play a back three and also from Taft's interview, I don't know if you guys noticed this as well. It seemed as though he'd been given some assurances that he was going to be an integral part of that, or at least it came across to me. There was some kind of confidence there that Ebert's given him that he was going to be a regular starter. But I think in a back three, given the discipline that it requires and the experience of playing that um, formation, Zuma could well have been a liability, couldn't he James?
2: Yeah, possibly. I mean, Taft, Taft being signed. Apparently, he played a back three as part of um, Cambridge last season as well. So he's, yes, already... he's used. To, he's used to the system. Yeah, exactly. He's already comfortable playing that kind of system. And considering Cambridge seems to feel somewhat comfortably, it seemed it seemed to have worked out for him. Uh, I don't know why they'd let him go, but I-, I assume it's probably money related.
0: I think there's a lot when you notice the retain list of a lot of these these teams in League Two, Colchester as well, which we've also taken advantage of. They seem to be releasing players just out of necessity. Because there's no, there's no way in hell when you look down the retained list of Cambridge, for example, and being the sad git that I am who's done a bit of research on League Two teams, there are a lot of them in there were key first-team players. that have just been forced to let go through, you know, they've absolutely got no choice. So I, I think using the sort of, how would you call it, uh, not notoriety, sort of big-name club that we are at this level, I think any kind of retain list at League 2, which contains de- half-decent players, the second we show an interest in them, as we did with Taft, I think that mine's already made up.
2: Yeah, we've got that prestige, plus we've also... Kind That's of got, the word, thank you, James. Yeah, we've got that prestige, <laughs> and we've got a blank canvas to uh, build off as well, considering we barely had a squad. So it, it's probably easy to give Taft that kind of assurances as well, that he can start in that back three, because we will have that thing to build off um he, he'll he know what players he wants to play where and he's he's got all that free space to play to play about with and taft just from all accounts just seems like the most sensible option to be the left side left-sided center off of that back three from what we from what we've seen of him so yeah
0: it's, it's good to have a bit of balance with someone who's naturally left-footed playing yeah. in that role
2: yeah and especially though we did though we did mention zuma we also have um uh to Two, three, in fact, other centre-halves who haven't played that much first-team football as well. So having a fourth in there probably wasn't the smartest idea, even though I did rate rate Zoomers, especially on his potential. But it's probably the sensible route to go down, considering Brock Bank only, probably only played about 10 first-team games, Liam Edwards even less. So And, and yeah. I'm senior only two, as far as I remember. So, so
0: I don't see senior being a part of the team, to be honest. I, I can't see ever taking that risk with him, whether it would be a nice story or not.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll 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 see what happens in pre season, but but for now, yeah, I'm quite excited with Taft and and just needs and it probably just needs two two other centre halves just just to finish it off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, last thing on Taft, Eddie, he also had experience of being a captain at Cambridge. I know we, we seem like we think Sarcevic could be the best option, but would Taft be another one on the list for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's captained them before, he's got experience of uh, getting promotion out of the division, so it can't hurt to have all these players who've been captain, uh, captains at other clubs to have all these leaders in the team, and I think uh, we've certainly missed a leader over the last couple of years, so the more the merrier.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well- Makes for a good dressing room atmosphere. And the uh, the last signing, as of when we record this, I know that Bolton will probably be Barstons and Rapt announced 2-1 later on today. But either way, it was Brandon Comley from uh, Colchester United? As I mentioned earlier, we've raided their um, retained release list, and uh, he apparently, by all accounts, we've not seen an awful lot of him, gents. Unless you know, I'm, I'm doing you a discredit. He's a holding midfielder who um, quite confident on the ball, and also is capable of a bit of a screamer. So, are we happier with him, James, than if we'd re-signed Lowe or Spearing?
2: Uh, I'm just hoping that his pass percentages and pass accuracy isn't just boosted by constantly booting it sideways or backwards, like most, <laughs> like Low Light, to do a lot. So,
0: well, he, even Low had a crap one, and that's all he did. So that that sort of like rams home the stats for you, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, but yeah, I suppose like I say, maybe I'm doing any discredit, but um, like like was mentioned earlier, Saitovic, he seems the kind, the perfect kind of um, DM to partner alongside Anthony to to allow Anthony to have that freedom, and if he's as long as his um, ball retention stats aren't inflated, he seems like just the perfect level head to to build around in that midfield, so, so he can allow the likes of Crawford, Sarchevich to, um, you you know to, you know to let loose. It he seems, even though I know FV aren't a fan of this sort of label for for their transfer policy, but it does seem very money moneyball, doesn't it?
0: It does. It does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So so. Well, well, obviously he's not going to be the, you know, the star name on on the list of transfers that we'll that we'll have this season. He he seems a sensible one, though. Anything beyond that, I can't say that I really know anything about the block. Other than that, he's a monster at international.
0: It's always interesting. We like being international uh, at Bolton, certainly. Um, Eddie, uh, James touched on it there. Do you, do you see him being as more of a squad filler than a key player?
1: Um I, I think he'll be a starter for sure. I think I think he'll play Poli alongside Sarcevic. Um don't really know a hell of a lot about him apart from, you know, the stats that we've seen on Twitter and, and the screen he scored um against Newport last season. Hmm. But uh reading up on his history, he started at QPR and he made his debut um replacing Carl Henry. So hopefully he picked up a few tricks of the dark arts. Um That would be nice, from the ma- wouldn't it? From from the master. So that would be great. Um, but if he's that type of player, um, a holding midfielder with a bit of bite, who can, as we've seen for his stats, pass the ball around a bit and he'll probably complement Sarsevich perfectly. So I'm fingers crossed
0: that works. It's good, isn't it, when we're a club who don't really know an awful lot about League Two and we bring in a player to play in the midfield who's basically been playing consistently in this league since 2015. So I, I think I, I think as as we've said, solid if unspectacular, but maybe solid if unspectacular is exactly what we need in a in a side that seems to at the moment just have a lot of spark about it. Maybe we need someone in there to sort of settle things down. I, I, James, I don't know if you watched his his interview. I thought he came across as very very level headed and a settled bloke, which is more than can be said. Even though I'm sure he'll be a wonderful footballer this year for Sarchevic.
2: It, it seems to have been the most muted of all the interviews that we've seen so far, but maybe that speaks more to his character, or maybe he was just nervous, who knows, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can't really say anything bad about him, like I say, it's just, it, as, as tends to be the case with DMs, he just seems a solid if unspectacular signing, but you, but you can't really have a go at that, you need those kind of players in your teams sometimes, and... Yeah, and oh, oh, while well, well, I remember, um, apparently he was in on Monday and then signed by Wednesday, so it's clear that. So it's clear that Ever wanted him, wanted him quickly, wanted him quickly. So.
0: Yeah, must have impressed, must not he?
2: Yeah, exact. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, I, I'll just have to trust Everett judgment's, Everett's judgment, judgment on this one, because I I really don't know much more about him. I'll have to see him play.
0: I think it's refreshing that we've seen from him so far that this staying away from bringing people back in just for the sake of it. I think looking further afield for people that he really rates as players rather than what they've done for the club previously. I don't don't think I'd have thought less of him if by now we'd already signed up, you know, Weta, Spearing or or whatever. But I think it is refreshing to see new faces on the team sheet, isn't it, Eddie? Uh,
1: Definitely, yeah. Um, I think that was one thing that, uh, Parky did when it when we dropped to League One all those years ago. Uh, he retained a lot of the players who had been so terrible the year prior, and although a lot of them redeemed themselves, it's kind of nice to have a blank canvas and forever to bring in the players he wants rather than be pigeonholed with a bunch of players who, who failed in League One and responsible for getting us relegated. So to build a squad from from the ground up and to have new players is nice. And as a fan, it's always nice to see new players coming to the team um, and it's he's got enough time to build a rapport and to get all these players working how he wants them and uh, uh, you know to get the chemistry right. And So it's, it's exciting.
0: I wonder how much they can actually do in these current training regimes though, with all, all the uh, social distancing in play. I, I, I do think it's probably going to, given this a system that a lot of the boys are going to have to learn very, very quickly. I wonder if it's holding them back, having all these measures in play. I'd like to see some change come quite quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean it's groups of five, isn't it? They're limited to it at the minute, so you'd probably think it'd be down to positions where the you know defenders would be working alongside uh, all together in midfielders and strikers, and maybe they're switching around and yeah. staying in groups of five. Who knows? But Look, you'd, it's, you'd the, third, it's that... the
2: first week of an eight-week preseason training session, is it? So it's probably more yeah. focused on fitness. There probably is some positional and tactical work, like you said, but I think it's more Everett just getting down to know what kind of players he's got. Because he will, he probably won't have seen the likes of, uh, y- you know, your your seniors, your Grahams, or your Dices, or your politics that much before he came round. So, it, so it's a chance for him to look and see how the players that we had already contracted fit in his system. So, I'll be honest. I'll be honest though. Um, I'm I'm kind of wor- I'm kind of confused why he, why he hasn't been able to bring in any wide players yet.
0: I was going to, literally going to touch on this. I was going to say whether or not he seems satisfied with Politic as being his main wide player, or whether or not he doesn't really know whether or not he wants to play with wing-backs or wingers.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm quite confused on, because no chance in hell is Politic a wing-back.
0: Absolutely no, no
2: God, chance. I'd no. sooner put him up front. Yeah, exactly. You could maybe morph King Heim's into one, but he's an inexperienced young lad, so so I, so I don't know how much positional work you'll be able to do without Without any wide players unless he's changing from his 3 five to at barrow so it, it i th- i think there's a lot of unclear facts at the moment to to judge what kind of um work he's doing like i'm I'm convinced that this first week is just everyone getting scripts to grips with each other and building the chemistry like you said eddie with with the with the manager just so everyone knows what the job what the job is gonna be and what he expects of them.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, we we obviously get drip drab information from all kinds of Twitter accounts or just you know ra- random stuff going on. What we hear about rumours and which players could be brought in, but of course with Brandon Comley, that just came out of the blue completely, and we had no idea. So for all we know, they're talking to a load of wingers as we as we speak, but. I think the only one that we, moving on to the the rumours section, obviously the players that we have been linked with, and we know there seems to be some concrete interest. The only winger that we've really been linked with is Raul Sotiriou from Leighton Orient, a young young Cypriot who seemed to finish last season with a bit of a flourish, scoring some goals. Be seems like quite a coup, wouldn't it, Eddie, if we got him in?
1: Yeah, he seems to be uh, being touted by a few teams uh, in uh, in high divisions. So it'd be always nice to get a. It's a definitely a Peter Bristow signing, isn't it? The higher-related higher, higher related youngster is available on a free and they'll probably. Successful model purchase.
0: to follow, though.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. They'll probably sell him, get him and sell him for £15 million. <laughs> and, that, they always seem to look out that way, but yeah, it's, it's nice to be linked to, to uh, hot prospects like that.
0: Yeah, the, the other one that we heard, um, James, wasn't it? Was Rochon Williams of, of Shrewsbury, and that seems to have gone very, very quiet, but um, sort of replaced now with. Uh, Turnbull from Northampton and Ricardo Santos from Barnet. Do you think they would be good additions? Given we probably don't know. The thing, this is the thing: is that we're fishing in a pond that we don't really know what these players are like. I suppose.
2: Yeah, I genuinely had never heard of Santos before it was brought up in line of Vienna. And I'll be honest, I don't know anything about him. But Tur- but Turnbull from from what I'm hearing, what I've seen, maybe maybe he's our captain material because he seems like the perfect player to play right in the centre of that back three.
0: It's always nice to have someone with the experience of being promoted as well.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. And it would really complement the type of spines that he's trying to build because obviously you'd have your, your main striker in Doe, your, your main box-to-box midfielder in Sarsevich. And if you got that that middle centre-back sorted out with a really strong presence, kind of like Jordan Turnbull, all, all you'd need then is your goalkeeper to complete that kind of spine and then you can really start building, building your team around that and working on... The sort, of, um, you, you know, the sort of tactical work, the passing work that, and, the, and the style that um, Everett wants to start bringing to the club, with those players. Yeah,
0: he, he seems to have focused on the spine quite a lot. Another couple of players that we've heard rumours about is Ben Hennigan. Um, at, is he Sheffield United still or is he just out of contract at Sheffield United, Ed? Uh, he's out of contract. He's out of contract. So, yeah, he'd be another one who you'd think would be far too good for this league, having done so well at Blackpool over the last two years. And the other one, of course, the only goalkeeper that we've really been linked with, which is uh, Jake Eastwood, who's also at Sheffield United. I I still don't like Sheffield United, and yet they seem to be very keen on doing us a lot of favours.
2: I don't know, maybe there's some kind of connection from getting promoted together. Who knows?
0: Clubs that get promoted together stay together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently, we're in League Two and they're in the Prem. Um, you know, we, we different, won't dwell on that.
2: Yeah, d- different journeys. Maybe they sympathise with us after getting promoted and staying up together. Who knows? But, yeah. but either ways, if they can do us a favour, that's fine. Eastwood, I think probably will happen, but it's all. De- but apparently, it's all dependent at the moment on whether Sheffield United can get Henderson for next season. But I think the lads probably going to get released anyway. So
0: I I think he has to because they've got five goalkeepers now.
2: Well, yeah, they, they've just signed Fodringham. They have, um, I think he's called Moore and Verips Yeah, yeah, Moore and Verrips. Um, th- they'll have another one coming through the academy as well, more slightly. So I don't see the point in keeping Eastwood. Five,
0: goal with five goalkeepers. Five goalkeepers seems far too far too much. Eddie, Eddie, the Hannigan one we kind of hear dribs and drabs about it being a possibility. It's not one of the ones that's sort of out there in the wider community at the moment. Can you see it happening?
1: I think it gets doubtful, doesn't it? Uh, every day that goes by and you're hearing these other names like Santos and um, Taft was a, a surprise name, wasn't it? Because we'd been Yeah, came out of the Hennigan. Blue. yeah Hennigan and uh, Turnbull for a couple of weeks now. So um, maybe they've moved on. Maybe it's just, uh, they're getting other targets in. Uh, maybe he's got a lot of offers. You, you don't know all these things, do you? So, um, I think it would have been great to have a player who's, who's been playing higher divisions uh, consistently for the last couple of years. Um, but I'm happy with Taft. And if we can get Turnbull and Santos in over the line, I think that's a, a pretty good defence for League too.
0: Yeah. Well, do, does it bother you fishing in the non-league pond instead of going for someone who's got experience at a higher level? Uh,
1: no, because I think that's... Oh, you, you, you both previously said um, uh, F.E. don't like the term but it's, it seems like it's where the money ball factor comes in looking in non-league for these cheap players and obviously there's always the Vardy's probably the most prominent non-league player. Um, I know he's like Voldemort too, Tom, so I won't mention him anymore. Um, but yeah, can we not? <laughs> but he's a huge, uh, he's been a huge success for non-league and he's obviously Sarsevich um, played for Chester and got his big break at Fleetwood in, in the league so uh, there are players out there who thrived in non-league who who just haven't had the success at um, club football or didn't start in, in a club academy for whatever reason so i don't think it, it you know it plays could be fantastic santos could be a tremendous signing for us we'll just have to wait and see who they bring in whether or not he fits into Everett's style of play um and if they do and if they play great i don't think it matters where they come from <laughs>
0: Yeah, Vardy looks like too much of a rat to be Voldemort Eddie, I'm afraid. Oh, oh my god. Um uh, but yeah, but yeah, moving on. I've no problem
2: um fishing from non league football, especially because even though it was under Hill, we already did it anyway with foul. Maybe he'll get his chance under Everett. Plus it plus has much said himself that we're not gonna let um players, you know, take advantage of the club, you know, players for chumps or whatever to try and get these contracts. And if that means fishing in non league and pulling the best players who have the most potential from that, then then so be it. We're a League Two club, of course we're going to be fishing all out around non-league, and there's and there's basis for us having success before. Even we, I mean, for God's sake, even though this was back in the nineties, we pulled Jason McAteer out of non-league and turned him into a Premier League star. So, so what? So, so it can be done. You can find these non-league gems out of nowhere. And I think
0: we have to trust Everett as well when he's judging a centre half that he'll have seen and probably impressed him when they played against Barrow last year
2: yeah, ex- yeah exactly he'll know that league better than anyone so, so if we have to fish for non-league it might not be glamorous but it'll probably be effective
0: we shall see. We shall see. I think the only thing that I'd like to cover before we go, obviously, there are other rumors out there that we've sort of briefly touched on, like Josh Emmanuel. We'd heard, hadn't we, boys, that he'd signed, and that doesn't seem to have happened. And um, we've not seen him training anywhere else, of course. But I think it's fairly unanimous that we that we'd like to have him back. Obviously, Remy Matthews, we now know, has been has been training with Ipswich Town. Jason Lowe's now gone to Salford. Um, my my mates at Crew are convinced that Luke Murphy and Joe Dodu are going to end up there. I think I think Dodo is a bit of a shame. But maybe he's a bit too much of a fair weather player to be to be an Everett style player. Are there any others that you're a bit concerned that we've not tried to go back in for? Or are we sort of happy with going elsewhere?
2: Uh, I th- I th- well, we already touched on Zuma, but outside of that, no, I wouldn't even have Matthews back myself.
0: No, I, don't, I don't think any of us would. None of the sensible ones would have Matthews back. It costs you 10 goals a season.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, though you he, he can make a decent one to save every now and again, but for me he's too inconsistent a keeper to, to keep myself if he comes back fine hopefully Everett can mould those can mould those mistakes out of him but if but if he doesn't return then then then
0: see so goalkeepers
2: are a dime a dozen
0: exactly Josh Lillis is still out there could get Eastwood or we could do a Will and start Matty Alexander in goal because of course he's the best goalkeeper that we've ever had <laughs> according to Will um <laughs> But yeah, sorry, the last thing that I'd just like to touch on, boys, is we've obviously had Richie Wellens and other managers come out and say we're trying to buy the league, et with no real understanding of our financial situation. Um, it's been sort of put to us that Mike James could well have been, you know, being the person who's putting a bit of extra cash into the side to be able to get us these the sort of top tier League Two players. He does seem to have some money to spend, given that a lot of what we've sort of put into the club seems to be secured against assets, such as the stadium or the land that it's on, etc. Sh- should we be worried, Eddie, do you think? Or do you think we should trust in the regime?
1: I think we've got to trust a bit this time. Um, obviously, nobody saw the pandemic coming, and that would have hugely affected the financial plan they had, because we were told they had a three-year plan to fund us uh, when they took over last year. So, obviously, with the pandemic happening and... Uh, we lost a huge chunk of revenue for all the matches that we, we couldn't play. So, for James to apparently have put his own money in to fund the players... I, Here, I,
0: cheers, it, James. You're welcome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, I think if, if we are up there and we get promoted, I think it's great and it's worked, but I think that we probably only have to start worrying if um, for whatever reason it doesn't work and we're languishing we'll in mid-table at the end of next season um, because being at League 2 is not Financially prudent, isn't um I don't think we can stay forever in League Two. I think we need to be getting out the first time of asking to have that better revenue in League One. And I'm sure football ventures are taking a bit of a gamble, but it's definitely a gamble worth, uh, worth taking.
0: Yeah, I think it's very, very early days, isn't it, James? But the optimism is sort of... I think it's sort of everyone's getting swept up along with it, aren't they? It's sort of like a foregone conclusion that we all think we're going to be promoted this time next year. Is that is that foolish? Uh,
2: Considering considering the that Everett himself is saying that promotion is the aim, I I I don't think I don't think it's foolish at all to try and expect promotion. I mean, in in the eighties when we were demoted to. to the old Division Three at the time, we we kicked, we got out first time of asking, despite massive financial problems and a squ- and a squad torn apart. So I don't see any reason why, why why we can't do it, especially with a more stable footing to build on and 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 a, and a better manager, frankly, than than Phil Neal was at the time. So I have I don't see any reason why we shouldn't even aim to be champions, but champions by April. <laughs> I we could
0: say by Christmas then.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I'll be I'll be fair to the other late two teams and say they'll they'll be in with a chance. But really, we should be aiming to be champions.
0: Who do we see as our main rivals? Do we think Salford, or do we think that they might not be able to get all the targets they want because of the the pandemic and the financial ramifications?
1: No, it'd be Salford. I think um, they've signed a couple of decent players already. Um, uh, who is it from, Prest- Clark Tom from Clark. Preston? Yeah, Tom yeah. Clark. Yeah. Who's a, a good side considering they got him from the championship? It'll probably be good for them in League Two. And um, Jason Law, solid if, if you know, not spectacular kind of signing, good, uh, it'll probably be all right for them in midfield. The so if they, if they can probably sign, uh, they've got Ash Hunter as well from Fleetwood, so if they can probably add a couple more attacking players to that. And um, they can gel under Alexander, um, I'm sure they'll be up uh, uh Madden's Taking gambles every year for like the past five years and signed all these players and they were rubbish last really, year though. Yeah, it's it's never really worked for them. So um, maybe th- this year's the year that they do it Cause again. They've signed a few um, pretty high-profile names for for league two. So who mm. knows if they'll do it again?
2: Plus, we have to um, consider the teams that are joining us down as well. We have to con- well, probably yeah, not tra- south. Tra- well, tra- well, probably tra- not tra- south end. But as much as I hate to say it, Tranmere might be up and around there as well. So,
1: it depends how good uh, Michael Jackson will be uh, jumping from number two to a, to a number one because they've promoted from winning. Aren't they? So it depends how he wants to see his team play and whether or not he'll uh, work as a manager or not. Yeah, so, it's,
2: it's an but, unknown factor. Plus the teams that we've taken, play, plus the the team that we took Conway from, Colchester may have lost a few players, but they always do seem to do a good job of rebuilding and being up and around there. It's It's hard to tell, but regardless, the aim should be promotion straight away champions and I don't think I don't think you'd you'd be foolish to think anything different as to what our aim should be for this season
0: no it would be nice wouldn't it I mean don't get me wrong if you offered me second or third now I'd, I'd bite your hand off before you'd even finish the sentence but it would be nice to go up as champions it something really good about having that having a trophy with you even if it's the league two trophy
2: <laughs> yeah they all count in the end don't they
0: They do, exactly. We even got a little trophy for getting promoted second in League One, which I've never uh, made my Man City mates forget about, given that that they didn't win anything that season.
2: (laughs) Unlucky again.
0: Um... Not quite the same, I suppose. But anyway, th- thank you very much, lads. I think it was a very good chat. And I think um, we're sort of in unison here, thinking that these have been some very, very positive steps made by the club. And as we say, you know, in typical Bolton Wanderers star, by the time this goes out, we could well have signed, you know, two or more players or whatever, or we might be waiting another few weeks. We just don't know. Oh, Tom, um, by the way,
2: I hate to bring yeah. down the positivity, but we never mentioned Baptiste being on trial.
0: <laughs> I'm not mentioning Baptiste being on trial. I'm not giving the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving the print the satisfaction. Fair enough.
1: Um, can I... Before we finish, can I just say a um, uh, thank you to Jimmy Phillips, who's uh, left the club after 30 years of, of service. Um, done a tremendous job as the the director of our academy for many years. Obviously, uh, we've had the likes of Clough, Vela, Holding and the, and the rest come through over recent years. So, uh, thank you to Jimmy Phillips. Um, he's a club legend and I'm sure um, we all wish him well in whatever he does
2: uh, next.
0: Absolutely proper stalwart for the club.
2: Yeah, we'll miss you, Jimmy.
0: Everyone will miss Jimmy, but we certainly won't miss Jason Lowe. Anyway, um, in a similar vein to Leeds fans towards uh, Frank Lampard, though, Richie Wellens, stop crying your heart out. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening to episode 147 of the Honor Vienna Street podcast. Cheers.